Because he done told you, eh, I ain't too sure about this one today, boss. But if they give you a turn towards the water, his attitude's probably different. Yeah. But if yeah. it was a bush, he'd sit behind that some bit. Why they hide behind bushes? So you can't see him, man. What else would he Hell yeah. They know that shit. Hey, Adam, before we get started, let's don't forget to mention our sponsors. Yeah, the guys who helped bring this podcast. We couldn't do it without them. Yes, we could, but it makes it a lot easier, you know? That's right. Shin Gear, waterfowl equipment that's built better. Made by waterfowlers for waterfowlers. Go get you some Shin Gear. Miss Melissa at Duck Dog Clothing. For all your Duck Dog Clothing needs, podcast gear, check out Melissa. Our website at Duck Dog Clothing. Dropbox, go in, buy a t shirt or hat, supports us. We appreciate it. Don't forget your wet mud mats and your Kong bumpers. And if you're not Kong, Jim, you're wrong. Soggy Dog Gear, soggydoggear.com. Oh, Doug over there, Soggy Dog, he's a dog man. For all your dog training equipment, he's got it there. Go to soggydoggear.com. Be sure on your flat collars to use the discount code, the doghouse, to get your discounts on your flat collars. GNG Motors. Columbia, Kentucky. See Chaz Giles for all your large, small, new and used tractors. Chaz Giles at GNG Motors, Columbia, Kentucky. Guys, don't forget to check out Tetra, the hearing system that works. Tetra, hear the hunt. Hear the hunt. The Sullivan family has been with us a long time, guys. It's no longer Sullivan Motors. It's Sullivan Kirk Automotive, Sullivan Kirk outfitters for your lift kits and etc etc also new and used vehicles those guys have supported us a long time we appreciate it if you support them all right everybody welcome back to another episode of the doghouse podcast with adam and jimmy my name's adam campbell this fella jimmy rogers is my partner. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, Adam, man. Uh, living the dream, bud. Just glad to be here doing another day of podcasting with you. You doing all right down there in South Alabama? Yeah, road tie. We just snuck in the snuck in the playoffs there. I, I, you know, that's a controversial type uh, topic right now. You know, so oh, how's that? What you call it? <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't wait. I figured that would get him in there. <laughs> All right, Ryan, tell me they're not one of the four best ones. I get it. I get it. I, I, I'm not, we're not going to talk about it today. <laughs> we got to let this thing settle. Let the dust clear. I mean, I guess it's all going to come <laughs> out and see what Alabama does with Michigan will. and what Florida State does with Georgia and you know, I, I hate it. It's, I, just, I hate it for Florida yeah, State. That's a tough. Yeah, that's a tough. Mm-hmm. You know, what else could they do? That's that's my thing. No, I mean, but nothing. They did everything they, they could. They, they did, did everything, everything they're they supposed do. to do. Right. Yeah. And then and then you look at you know if it was uh, the NFL if Patrick Mahomes got hurt in the semifinals they you know what I mean they played their way in they still playing right but. And it was like a year off, it looks like. A 12-team playoff would have been fun this year. It really would have. If you look at right. the bracket, bunch man. A bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. Um, but next year. It's never been like this before either. It's never been bunched no. up. No. no. Everybody is up in arms on this deal, good or bad. You know, I mean, some people are upset. Some people are happy. Some people think it's all they can do. Some people said they didn't do it right. I mean, this is like the, you know, well, I, I, I wouldn't want to have to make the decision. Uh, trust no. me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be that guy yesterday that got up there and had to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> no, God bless him, man. That, whew, that's a no-win situation right there because somebody that's, that, yeah. this off. that's a hard one to wear on your chest. Is your opinion man, on the, the parity? Is it is it from the, the transfer portal and the – it has to be, Adam. I mean, you would think. Yeah, because Florida State wouldn't have half them players if it wasn't for the transfer portal. Right. No, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just modern game. You know, it's, yeah. it's going to be different. 
Yeah, and you I know? think I think that's part of the reason why they wanted to do that deal because they just got tired of those, you know, two, three, four teams just hovering up there at the top, almost out of arm's reach from everybody else. That's right, and it gives the kids a chance to get on the field. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have no problem up. with it. Yeah, I mean, well, I kind of wish they almost would do it like baseball, where they let the NFL have their own minor league, and then maybe the kids that would go to school to play ball. It's kind of like baseball, right? They can still enter the draft, and if they don't want to play, they still have their amateur status because Major League Baseball has their own minor league system. Mm. And now it looks like college athletics is the NFL's minor league system. Yeah. Right. Right? Mm. I mean, I think oh. I, I kind of wish they would do it like baseball, whereas if they wanted to go and not enter college, the NFL should have their own developmental league. But the kid, you still get a bunch of kids that were going to play. You know, and, and better their stock so they play for the right reasons, and we wouldn't have a lot of this trash. Yeah, look at the kid, the quarterback down there at LSU with y'all. Um, yeah. And he transferred in down there. Man, what a remarkable exactly. player. I mean, that's mighty. exactly right. You know, so it's – it's, and you see it in baseball, right? You see a lot of them that didn't go – you know, they got drafted at 18 and – they wanted to play college ball and they still get drafted maybe first, you know, it's happened at LSU a couple of times. Right. Where, where a kid passed up going into the draft early played and then ended up being a first, you know, number one pick overall. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Ryan Brasso, welcome to the show, buddy. Again. Hey man. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Welcome back. Yeah. Man, well, we appreciate you. Second time on here, we, after your first one, we got a lot of good response. We had some great information, and we were been looking forward to having you back on. I'm glad you make time to come on and hang out with us. Yeah, no problem, man. We had a good time last time. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, we are uh, we're in the throes of duck season. We're in the split right now <clears throat> here in Kentucky and Arkansas. And a lot of dogs done gone home. We're talking dog training, kind of more advanced stuff, and <clears throat> figured to have you on. Talk about doing some basic stuff and uh, go over some stuff that we talked about privately and that we could educate some people on helping them get the young dog off the going. Yep, that's what it's about. Yeah, that, that's what you're doing now, right? I mean, you're, yep. you're making, making young dogs, taking problems, fixing problems. That's right. We um doing from basics to, you know, older dogs that are, you know, might have an issue, need some extra work. Um, you know, things like that, specialized problem, but mainly, you know, younger dogs is what, what I end up having here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got anywhere from basics to a four-year-old. Hmm. Yeah. What, let's talk about basics. What, what, mm-hmm. what's some of the things that, you know, people are always talking about, you know, doing basics and get the basics right. <laughs> we know, but how important you that the basics at whatever level you're going into a master dog, a HRCH dog, or a all H dog, how important is getting those basics down and down right? Yeah, I, I they probably pretty much everything. You know, it it if it's it's like building a house, right, or a pyramid. It, it can look really pretty. You can have a pretty paint job, and it could be tall and. But if the wind blows and your foundation's bad, it whole it's gonna come down, right? And we all know wind will blow, right? So Absolutely. you know, the, the the things that are important in a house you can't really see. You know, the shutters yeah. and the paint color, that's not gonna make it stand up. All that stuff's covered with pretty things. And you know, basics are the studs, they are the the slab, the foundation of the home. I mean, and, and no one knows it. Don't they don't see it until you got a foundation problem, right? Right. And then you better get your checkbook out. Kind of kind of works the same in dogs too. That's right. That's exactly right. Ryan, what's some you good? Pay. What's some what's some good fundamental basics? Um, are are some good signs that a dog has has good fundamental basics? What are some 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 glaring factors that you may say, man, he's got a hole in his basics. Anything that comes to mind right up top? Yeah, one of the main things is behavior changes, right? Like, 
Um, when the dog feels pressure or praise, how do they react, right, in a negative or a positive? Um, because, I mean, we could talk about conditioning both ways. I mean, you, I condition dogs to good dogs as well as if I use a negative reinforcement. Because mm-hmm. I don't want the dog to fracture when I do praise him in route or praise him in the middle of a session, right? They need to understand that good dog doesn't mean it's done, right? It means that's what I want. It's a marker. Yeah. Um, but, um, so, you know, when you get in a train situations with, let's say you, you know, you wanted to evaluate the basics. It's really when the dog, when the dog, when you have to train the dog, and it gets in, in a situation where, where some pressure is applied, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be the collar, right? I mean, it could be attrition. Just any time that we start to apply pressure, how do they respond? You know, and the main thing I look for is a, is a, a line correction or a behavior change immediately after. Because what I don't want to do is have to do this again tomorrow and the next day. And the next day, if I'm if I'm correcting for the same problems back to back, there's something going on that it's either not motivating him enough or they don't know what we want him to do. It, you know, it's only one of those two things. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's our job to figure out which one of those it is and how to fix it. You know, and that's where you could open up Pandora's box. You, you know, we could you could talk about a million things. But the main thing is how do they digest when we when we put them in situations and we want to change their behavior, what do they do? Right? Like do the dog does it shut down? Does it get full of anxiety? Those are not good. You know, and we condition the dog's response to that. We try to teach them how to turn it off <clears throat> in a positive manner. You know? And that's the whole game. And it starts with sit right i mean you all know that mm-hmm. but but it's about the standards right um you can have a flow chart you can do it all the right way but if if if, if you're not baking the right cake it, it really don't matter you know if you don't understand in each one of the steps of what we're exactly trying to accomplish right fetch is not just picking a bumper up off there you know there's more to it than that and it starts the it's the it's the base, you know, sit and fetch. They start a base of how we do things and how they should respond, you know. Correct. Um, it's 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 basically making the the uh, the thing we want easy to do, and the things we don't want hard to do. If you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing basics, when you're trying to communicate to them. We try to make the things we want easy to accomplish and the things we don't want hard to accomplish, right? Where they got to work a little harder that way. You know, it's not what we want. Right. You know? So, if you, you know, it starts there. But the, the, their response to, to any kind of pressure, you know, any kind of pressure we apply, their response to that is is a key marker. I mean, I'm looking for does this dog's behavior change, right? Right. And if it changes, how does it change? Is it something positive or is it something negative, right? Because you want to get a little clammy, maybe get want to stick up a little bit on me, or what's going on here? That you know, that's that's the things I look for in one that's already, you know, if I'm looking at at the yard work and trying to evaluate if we can get it better, um, you know, where there might be a hole. That's one of the tells. I, um, I like that, and it yeah, goes yeah. it goes both ways with a negative correction or that's right. praise. If they they yeah. if you praise them and they just come all apart, that's not all good apart. either. Not conditioned, right? Yeah. They got to be able to be stable through all of it. You know, mm-hmm. I do a lot of like praise conditioning in route on a force pile. You know, to make them understand. So I could basically when they're running down to the pile. Let's say there was a spot where they kept wanting to hang up, maybe at the intersection, you know, and all the double T. Mm-hmm. And let's say I had to work them through there, and they finally got it right, and they get to that spot where they kept wanting to hang up, 
and I can market as good dog in route, you know, and, and I want to be able to do that when I'm finished. So, hmm. um, so you know, it, it does two things. It's, it kind of, it's another, um, another test of my force to the pile. Cause naturally when you say good dog in route, they're probably going to break down and look at you. Right. So, you know, like you're throwing them a fun bumper. Right. And then I can, I can blow a sit whistle and back. And if I get a refusal back, Nick back, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm going to proof my force to the pile, but I'm also going to make the dog understand that if I praise in the middle of a session, that doesn't mean we're done working. You know, yeah. and that allows me, you know, in years prior, that's a pretty good tool. Yeah. You know, where I can release pressure in the middle of a, a session on a water bond. Let's say you get a youngster and you got something going on and you finally get the cash going, you know, and you really wanted to, to market, you know, my, the guys I put through, they're stable enough. You can get up on that point too. Good dog right there. And then cast and they're going to go on. But, you know, it wasn't an accident. It was put there. Right. And it wasn't conditioned correctly. As soon as you holler a good dog, it, it breaks their concentration. That's right. They would, they would fracture. You know, yep. they would fracture. Their brains would fracture and anxiety would go up and it'd be done. You know. Um, so. I like it. That was yeah, a, good, boy, a good way to start there. Fantastic. <clears throat> so, what a. Uh, Ooh, that's a lot. You gotta have a box always, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is good, man. That's what we love having you on here. Uh, so let's carry it on to like transition. Uh-huh. You know, once you, once you move the dog and you feel like your basics is where they are, and then you move on to transition to keep keeping your drive up. What's some things you do to keep you know, uh, like keeping them wanting, keeping them wanting. You know, they, yeah. they've been through all that stuff, but you you know that's where you're really going to kind of make a difference. We know. Right there, when you start patterns and, and first cold blind or top blind and all that, you know, all, all the swim by, go through all the stuff. Now, how are you going to keep them up? Right. I, I generally, you know, find when they get to transition, I don't have a lot of trouble getting that momentum rolling because basics are fairly slow. And, you know, a lot of times you're coming out, you're starting where you left off, you know, you may back up a couple and then work into it, but, but it's, it's, it's more of a a day-to-day grind, you know. And I find when I get to transition, I try to show them something different every day, right? I try to move really fast through there. I'm, and I'm not talking about severity of test, but I, I about just exposing them to a lot of things in transition. And the dogs just kind of blossom. Like, they, they love it. Um they get to go to a new place. They don't have to go to the damn double T field. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that kind of takes the place of that. And uh, at that time, I'm, I'm starting some momentum kind of blinds, trying to teach these dogs how to run good lines. So I'm not super focused on, on, on handling like I was on the double T. Cause I look at those two things separate. I, I think that a dog, Casting and handling is one skill, and a dog taking really pretty lines is is a totally different skill. And we meld them together to form blinds. But I don't think a lot of people look at it as two separate skills that need to be taught separately. It's 100% two separate skills. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Because I've had dogs that were not naturally really lining dogs and made them much better by, by separating that and giving the dog, you know, this the reward of being able to run straight and far, because that's a big deal to a lot of them. I'm right. That's not bothering them all the damn time. But some of them just don't understand that. And once you show it to them, they go, oh, I get it. This is fun. Um, and, and I think if those dogs weren't taught that, they might have a different attitude, you know, especially coming through the two- and three-year-old years, because life's going to get harder for an all-age dog and a master dog and any of them are going to get better. It's not going to get easier, right? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan, so you said in your double T, you focus a lot on teaching them a handle. And then where, at what point do you start working on that? You know, I'm going to let you go straight for a long ways. We're going to teach you how to, to line and, and to get out there and move right out yeah, of the double I, T. Yeah, right out. Like 
kind of kind of when I'm doing swim by. Okay. I'll start my pattern for you. All right. And I just I'll do a three leg, and then when they learn that, I'll add diversions. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. I'll start throwing. I'll put a bird boy out there to start, and we'll dry pop, and you know, throw a mark, pick it up, run the blind, and I'll get them solid enough where I can run poison birds in there. Correct. Uh, and then I will go to another pattern field, like I teach a cold one after that. And then pretty much when I can, when I'm done with the second one and, you know, I've gone through the diversion deal again on a, on a separate pattern, I've found that, you know, you got a dog out of line or, or they understand now to sit here and look at the tree line and go, right? And then and then at my at that point, I'll still keep them in my back pocket, and I may even build another one. It's not – I'm not a hard, fast rule about it, but then at that point, I'm really gauging the dogs, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if I see their momentum falling apart, then I'll go to some top lines, right, and let them have some success for a few days, and then I'll go back. And, you know, that week I may run – 75% known blinds to 25% of cold. Yep. You know, and then once the, the worm turns and like maybe they taking pretty lines, but then they won't handle at the end of the blind. Then I'll adjust that ratio with my younger dogs. I like it. To, to gain control, you know, but not being overbearing. I mean, it's almost happening where they think it's their idea. Right. It's just the way, you know, you can adjust, uh, that kind of stuff, just your ratio, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't like them to look out of sorts. Yeah, I don't like them to get in the habit of looking real bad. Yeah. Let me yeah. let me ask you this. You know, you got these two kind of frame of thoughts. You know, some people say on your patterns, and then when you start running some cold blinds, put something out for a target. You know, some people put buckets. Some people put white poles, some people put orange poles with orange flags, and some people just don't put anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't put any. I don't I, I, I don't use blind markers even. I mean, uh, you know, with my older dogs, but I don't do it on my pattern field either. Gotcha. Uh, I've had, and I've had to work on some dogs in the past that had a lot of that, you know, you could tell had a lot of that stuff, and yeah, I'm sure it looks pretty when they're young, and I'm sure it's a lot easier. But I think in the end, the dogs hurt. You know, I I think in the end, it still has to be the same picture in their mind, so they're still going to have to go through it. And I'm not 100% certain that the bucket that, that, that you could build a bridge to a white bucket sitting there, and that means a pile of bumpers or whatever it could be. Right. And then the bucket goes. I just, I just think it's a it's a big leap to think that the that the way their brains work that they, that the bridges connect. Whereas if I start out on my pattern field where there's, you know, they're running into a spot that there's nothing marked, they get comfortable handling at the end of the blind, and 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 let me direct them there. You know, I don't. I don't want them going into the end like heat seeking missiles. You know, I need to do my job, make sure they downwind, especially if they're young, right? And understand that, hey, if I miss this blind a little bit downwind with this puppy, it's okay. But I also want them to be comfortable with me taking control of the situation at the end of blinds, especially, and and them not darting off and you know seeing a damn stick in the ground and turning me off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of would rather them kind of get in that habit from jump, but I definitely, if I would, if I saw it and I thought that I could gain from it, I definitely would use it for sure. You know, right. but I've just found that I, I find at the end of the blinds is where you start to run into some trouble. Um, so I just hadn't had enough. I guess I hadn't had enough trouble teaching them how to run out there nice and straight and pretty without them, right? So I don't know. To me, if I would start doing it now, it's just one more step that I got to take the bucket away. Right. So you're saying right. eventually you're going to battle that. that That's breed. what I'm saying. They're, I mean, at some point in time, they're going to have to learn to do it without it. 
Exactly. So if the if it's never there, then what are we missing? Right. You know, the adverse effect of them finding right. a hole or something. Right. That makes well, sense. You, perfect sense. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. The adverse effect is you never have to bridge that gap because right. you do it right out the gate. But you may lose. Right. What's it cost you up front? Some some momentum and and. I mean, I I I I I think me personally, if I felt that it would help my momentum, I would do it. Got you. Because I, I think that me walking out, like when I teach my pattern blinds, I start at 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Like, toss the bumper to it, and I work back. And the next day, if I'm going to come out cold on a leg and I see any kind of – I'm going straight to that pile. I'm going to ID the pile. I ID the pile every day on a double T the same way. I walk to the pile, hand throw a bumper, Fido. Well, I ID every one of my piles on my pattern blinds the same way. So – I am marking it. I've done this every day of their life. When not any kind of having a pile, I throw a hand, throw a bumper, and I say Fido. So when I go to my pattern field, I walk out to the pile, I hand throw a bumper, and I say Fido, and I start marching back. And I, you know, I'll start there on every blind. So in their mind, there's a white bucket, but there ain't no white bucket because the picture's there. You understand? Right. I marked the pile by throwing the bumpers to it. And that's what we do on a double T. Every time I go out or force to the pile, when I start pile work, I walk out and I get a hand's throw away down the line. I hand throw a bumper to the pile and I send them on their name like a mark. So that's ID in the pile. Right. And if you do that every day, it's going to be the same thing as a white bucket. It's just you don't have a white bucket. They, you know what I'm saying? They're not using the cube. It's a spot. Yeah. That's right. I'm with you. Yeah. What you so got, Jim? We can take that's good. Bucket away. Yeah. Anyway, but I think so. that's why I hadn't had that problem. So I guess I do ID the piles, just no visual marking. Correct. So they, maybe they learn to remember that spot, which ain't a bad thing. It's not bad at all. Right. Because at the end of the day, at these tests, I know like field trial or in the, uh, uh, master test or whatever. I mean, if they do give you anything uh, that you can see out there, it's little to nothing. Right. It's something the dog's not going to see. Right. Right. All right. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Jim, what what you got? What you got, Bug Daddy? So, uh, right, going off from there, when you're working with these young dogs, question a lot of us have, and, and, and kind of a scary question for a lot of people, especially new guys. How can you tell when you've got a great dog? And, and I know that sounds like a crazy question but you know what i mean like when you got a young dog that's just getting it and getting it real right. good it kind of a lot of people myself included when i'm doing the basics and i get one that just is getting it and getting mm-hmm. it and getting there's just no trouble you know right when can you right. tell that dog is the one you've been looking for you know what i'm saying like does yeah. that make sense that yeah that i mean the ones that the real good ones that i've started and, and had some success with young you know dogs that really come out the gate hitting you know, they they real easy in a yard and then in a field they just look different. You know, they they do things different. Um a lot of times, like when, when I get puppies in and, and for my younger dogs, I like to go out and throw for them. I'll get my daughter to run them or you know, somebody around to run the puppies and I'll throw marks because I get to see a lot of things out there in the way a puppy goes about his business, you know. Um, yeah, and I'm looking for a dog that's coming in real high headed, and it's using its eyes first to find a bird. Right? I don't want to see him coming in there and looking at the damn ground straight in front of them with their nose down like a beagle. Uh, they they need to come in with a high head and and learn to use their eyes and finish with their nose. That's what the good markers do. And when you're out there in the field, you can really see it with a with a young dog. You know, they're not molested by us yet. They're not, you know, they don't have a bunch of shit in their head. Yeah. They're just going on what God gave them. Um, and I like to watch them at that age, the way they go about finding the birds, how they use the wind, you know, if they're lazy about it, if they're not. Well, what are they looking at when they're running? That's a big deal. You know, if you got a puppy running and 
they get 20 yards off the handler and they just golfing at the at the bird thrower it's probably you know probably not a good marker i mean uh, you know the, the good markers when they can see it when you're throwing for them and they're young they, you're like a ghost i mean they the good ones will hardly let you help them you gotta teach them what hey hey means like and i'll do a little drill in the yard with some damn things because they, they'll just look at you like what are you talking about i don't even know you were there yeah, you're in my way over here. I'm trying to get to this person. Right. What is this guy screaming at me for? This idiot, you know? <laughs> you will get it if you know where it's at. But they're not using the gun as, you know, as as a crutch. And you can see it young. And that's why I like to go out and throw for them. And you can watch the way their brains work, you know? When they don't find them is important a lot. How they, you know, what do they do? Um, so I, you know that's that's something I look for is it's important that in the yard, even if they're a great student, when they get out in the field, it's got to look just as easy if you're looking for one of those, you know. And I, I'm not saying that there's some that have kind of learned the game, you know. Um, if they see the guy standing out there at 400 yards, even though they didn't see a bird. They're smart enough to run to that bush and check both sides, you know, and a lot of them learn to trail at a young age. I mean, at an older age, you know, they get exposed to the back trail enough. The smart ones figure out if they stay on that trail, they're going to go. It's going to go somewhere. You know what I mean? Just run opposite of where the line is. Um, And and there's a lot of dogs that are real successful. And that's that's kind of their M.O. Um, and, and they're damn good dogs, and, and it takes a really smart one to figure out all those little nuances. The hell, most people don't even think about that, and the dog's figuring it out, you know. Uh, the special ones, they, they're real good young because they're not using a lot of that trained stuff, you know what I mean? They, it's more natural about it. Uh, so, And they look that way in the field. They just kind of look different. Yeah. Um, I, I trained, I don't know, I've tried a bunch. I've had six or 700 come through here. Mm-hmm. Over the last 15, 20 years. And uh, I, I've only had, I don't want to say for sure, a handful, less than, I'm going to say less than five, that when that bird was thrown, they did not give a crap where it landed, who threw it, where it's coming right. from. All they thought about is where that bird hit the ground. Right. Right. That, I mean, if you can set the field on fire, they just going to go to they the don't care. Hey, yeah. They don't care. Yeah. They'll, they, they, they they eating, yeah, they could be eating dog food, and yeah. you throw a bird, and they're gonna leave food to go get a dead bird. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of motivation. That's <laughs> a lot of motivation. And, and, and now we could do a whole other hour just on motivation that we never yeah. we take for granted. We we rely on what we're talking about right now way too much because yeah. because. What we talked about earlier, we make the the right thing easy and the wrong thing hard, you know, in, in the yard. Well, tell me how to make an uh, open water blind the easy thing to do. Yeah. And at what point do you have to start thinking about it differently, which, no, you know, it's not something I hear talked about a whole bunch. But the good trainers I've been around – there's a moment that they realize that maybe not even intentionally, but there's a spot where you go, okay, this is, this dog's starting to realize that this is hard to do. And they all go through that. And if you want to bring it down to basics, that's where basics come in. When they realize that this is hard, right? This ain't easy no more. It's not fun. You know, I say, it's, it is fun, but they, they, there's a point in their life. They realize that what we're asking them to do is not easy. And we know that. We, I mean, you're looking at it. It's not easy to accomplish, right? Well, they know that too. And and that's where your basics, if they're not sound, that's when you're really going to see it, right? That's where you're going to pay Peter. So you're going to either pay him early when he's young or you're going to pay him late. And most of the time when you pay him late, you can't make up the interest. Yeah. You know, that's where – Kippy Kip says field champion at two and master hundred. There you go. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. Because at four, they realize, whoo, this is hard. And and then we ask them to do it for four, five, six more years. Right? 
you know, if you see you see handlers running dogs in eight, nine, ten year olds, they're doing something. You know, they, you got to keep your dog motivated for a long time, and it's not you can't just be on on pure natural born desire. You know, we have to mold that relationship, and 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 we have to be aware of when it's hard, right, or when they realize it's hard, and we need to let them know, hey. It's so it's good, buddy. I'm with you. Let's go try, right? Because yeah. that's when try becomes important. It's not it's not how, what he did; it's how they do it, yeah. and that's where you got to be careful. And you're talking all age stuff, but even at, right. at but, but Adam and I do at the master level. I mean, you know, right. our national this year. Yeah, and I'm saying all age, but yes, more yes, it's, it's hard. Any of the highest yeah. level is hard. If you yeah. tell them back and they got to swim across pond and do water, it's hard. I mean, think about it. A water blind is, in their mind, do you know how crazy they must think we are? Mm. You know what I'm saying? They know they can run around, too. I mean, they'll do it on their own. If you just let them, that's what they would do. Like, they wouldn't swim five yards off the bank. Any coyote with any sense would jump out and run around. (laughs) Right? Yes. Absolutely. They just little coyotes. You know, it's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I mean, that's totally against nature is what we're talking into on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what that's where the finesse comes, right? That's what, you know. And then you got people that can do it, and the dog just loves. That's the art. That's the beauty of the whole thing. So how do you, they think it's their idea? How do you that's get the there, thing. Ryan? How do you get there? Man, you got to talk to a bunch of them, and you really have to daily walk with them. Like you, you have to. Not assume that they know things. You know, my best advice would be if you want to learn how to walk with him, is you don't assume that he knows something. You try to make damn sure before you ever apply any kind of negative pressure for sure on them that that, that they know how to get out of it. You know, they know the right answer. If they don't know the right answer, that's when you start to see the behavior change. You know, you start to see him realize, shit, this is way harder than I thought, you know. But but I'm trying to keep them not thinking that way. I want them to look out there at something hard and want to attack it, you know, and it's a mindset. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, when they get older, right? It, it, it's it's, it's kind of keeping your old quarterback wanting to still go when he's 40, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> when when their brain's know all the stuff and we still have enough body, I want them mentally still wanting to try. And the main, you know, the, the easiest way to tell you, Adam, is when you open the door or you go to teach your dog anything, they have to initiate the play. If they don't start the game, you're not going to win. And I don't care if you're force fetching them, catch, teaching them to sh- uh, sit or running a master national test. If they don't take the first step, they won't learn it. And it's the same way with you in the same way with Jimmy. You know, when you started learning how to train dogs, you took every first step, didn't you? Oh yeah. Nobody had to motivate you to go to, to go to work. Did they? No. Well, the, those great dogs, that's what they are. You know, you know, and our job is to keep them wanting to take the first step. And if you can get your dogs to take the first step, you could teach them anything. And they're gonna think it's their idea because they they were part of that process. They they made the decision to engage. If you can get your dog to engage every day when you start training, it's gonna think it's just you know this was my idea. Let's go to work. Yeah, come on, let's go do it. And that's the way I you know you got to put them up that way and you got to start them out that way. Um, if you can do that, you'll you'll see what I'm you, you'll see a different dog at four. Right, one that's he's thinking a little free. Yeah, sometimes you fly by the seat of your pants because they have a lot of free will and they do some crazy shit. Sometimes you know, <laughs> you just gotta know that. Mm-hmm. But they do some great things too. Um, so when they do that, I mean, we, when they do that crazy yeah. shit, well, how do how do you handle it? I mean, without it becoming negative. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes I, you know, I'm gonna use a negative reinforcement. It's not. You know, a good or a bad thing. It's it's, uh, you know, I. My main thing is, 
when you apply pressure, you better make sure that the dog was being disobedient, right? I mean, mm-hmm. th- that that's the main thing is is understanding confusion versus disobedience. And sometimes they can look the same, you know, and yeah. it takes a special hand or somebody that really understands when and where, and that's the key, you know. So I'm not – I guess I wouldn't say, like, I wouldn't apply less or more than anybody else. It's just maybe I'd apply in a different spot, you know, or a different situation, you know. Um, and then we, we may be getting off in the weeds here because it's kind of – my brain right now is looking at thinking about getting, you know, dogs that are three and up, you know, more of a campaigning kind of deal. If you're looking to start putting a dog on the road and where you want them mentally, but uh, your basics, you know, it's kind of like going into boot camp. You, a drill sergeant's, he's he's not really. You got to kind of keep it middle of the road there. I mean, you definitely need to pay attention to that stuff, but it's not a spot where you see it much. But when you start to see it in an older dog, the your basics is what, what kind of will get you through some of those spots when they realize it's hard, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have to train them. Because then when you train them, when he does A and you do B and you get C, we have a known outcome, right? And if every time certain situations happen, they start to – to generalize those things and go, oh, when this happens, this happens, and this this happens, and everything's good. You know, the more times that happens, the better they can get. Um, God dang it! Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Talking in a situation with like uh, I have several times, you you hit an odd test. You know, something that's outside your normal training, you know, right. and you've got, you know, say I'm running 12 dogs and I've mm-hmm. got seven old dogs or say eight old dogs and four young dogs is just starting. And then four young ones, my turn, just do it fine. Well, no trouble. You know, yeah. my older dogs kind of struggle with it. <laughs> yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean? That's just a perfect point to what you're yeah. saying is. That's what I'm saying. They, I've trained them into not doing an odd deal. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's so against what we normally do. But them young dogs, they go up here and they're just, they're tail wagging. They're, they're, oh, they you know, oh, I got, I got that one too. Yeah. There ain't no problem. Just right over there. You know, right. give, and, give me the keys. You know, it's like when I was in high school, they would, my dad would have the hot keys from me. I wanted the keys. You know, <laughs> right. get a couple of wrecks. You're like, hey, man, why don't you drive? Now your wife tell you, you got to go town this afternoon. She had to get a That's whip right. out and drive, drive you out of the house. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, exactly right. So yeah. it, you know it's 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 kind of the same scenario. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, earlier we were talking about this a water blind, and I, I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna quote you, but I may be off here. Um, you want the easy thing to do would is to be the right thing. Is that what you said? You yeah. want you want well, the, you know, the correct like thing to be the easiest thing to do. But exactly. oftentimes I set up a water blind and I make it easy to do the bad part. I mean, just it's well, that, easy that's, to climb that, out. That was, yeah, that's what I was saying. In in the in in basics, you know, when you're breaking your dogs out, we we make when we're teaching them this stuff, we make the thing that we want them to do the easy thing to do, and the the wrong things hard to do. Right? I mean, right. that's how we teach them. Right. But w- when you get to that spot, right? When you get that's what and then when those three and four year olds, when there's a day they realize, huh, the easy thing is is not the right thing. It, this this is yeah. actually hard to do. That's gotcha. that's that's what point. you were trying that's, to say. That's right. Gotcha. What I'm trying to say is when they get to that point, that's when you really gonna know what basics are. You know, because at that point he understands that that this is hard and it can be hard to do. Right. And if you don't have a good foundation and are able to school them through some things, they're just gonna fall apart, and they will realize that it's hard. It's just. It's just what it is. That's what I thought you were saying. I was just trying to make sure I followed you correctly. Yeah, no, it was that, that was the right way. Gotcha. You know, it's, it's like I said in the yard. We we try to make the right things easy for them to do, and the wrong things hard for them to do. But at 
a good trainer is a certain point where we both know that that's not real. Like they're going to look out there and go, huh, the right thing is really hard to do. Like this is not easy to do a water blind because the, the easy thing would be to run around it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, so at some point they, they're going to understand that. And that's where your foundation is going to get tested. Right. Mm-hmm. Your um, foundation so is going to you, carry you through that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Cause you're going to have a good foundation <clears throat> and the dog's going to go, okay. Yeah. You know, and, and, and once they kind of get through that and, and, and as a trainer, you realize it and you start to pay attention to reps and you know what I'm saying? There's lots of things you can do and that's a whole nother tangent, you know, but at that level of dog, there's all sorts of ways you could, all sorts of ways that you could adjust things for that particular dog. Right. And once you know the dog, it, there's all sorts of things you can do. But Correct. the first thing is that you be aware, right? Like, okay. This dog's starting to realize that these things are getting hard to do, you know, and it's my job to, to, to keep my eye on it and help the dog through these situations. If I can yeah. just be aware, you know, sometimes you may not do anything other than ponder on it, but, but, but you need to be aware of certain situations like that, you know, and know what's going on with the dog. Like, you know, instead of saying, well, this dog just being a piece of crap today, you know, well, that three-year-old might be going through some things. He may be looking out there and going, Jesus, what are we, what is this? You know, this is really hard. And you have to give them time to to go through that stuff. It's kind of like a sophomore slump a lot of them. Um, and sometimes they get pressured about it, you know. Then a lot of them put pressure on themselves. Like, if you think they don't know when they hear a bunch of whistles in the road and that's not good, I mean, you're kidding yourself. And a lot of the real good ones don't want to hear whistles at all. Right? Right. Especially on barks. So, you know, that's all pressure. All of it. I and I think they don't get around the truck listening to other dogs real if it's hard. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Just run a water blind if you got a bunch of barking dogs and see how long they bark. <laughs> they, shut they, they, bark. Quick. they shut up real fast, don't they? <laughs> yeah. You can park They're all on the other side of the dam and not even let them see the water. You run one dog and they get real quiet like a church mouse. <laughs> um, That's a fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Adam, what else you got, buddy? <clears throat> I have one more thing on my mind and and um, Lyle Steinman said this um, uh, uh, on a different podcast, right? Hey, quiet. All right, go ahead. And um, he, 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 we were talking about, you know, Rex Carr and um, Judy Acock and on down the line. He brought up aggregated, aggravated force fetch. Do you know what that is? You know, when they use a healing stick and then a slingshot and all that. I don't know. I, he just brought it yeah, up. He didn't even. He didn't, he didn't get into it. And I, but I knew you were from that same lineage. And, yeah, uh, well, like they used to. You would, you know, ear pinch, yeah. and then they would whip fetch them. Uh-huh. You know, and that's probably what he's talking about. You just yeah. aggravating the fetch. You, gotcha. and there's all sorts of techniques. One easy way you want to check your force fetch. If your dog's like a healing on the left, and you're sending them out in the front of you. Yep. Just turn around and face the opposite way. So if your dog's at heel on your left and he's facing forward, just turn around and you face the other way and tell him fetch. With the bumper behind him? No, right in front of him. You don't change anything with the dog. Oh, you, you face the other direction. Yeah, and tell him fetch. <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't fetch, then he's he's cueing off of your body, right? So we'll... What I guess my my interpretation of what you're asking me is, you're trying to true the command to make sure the dog understands that the word that the command is fetch and it's not you pointing at the bumper. Right. Right. So they they aggravate it. They'll you you know, a lot of them, Adam. You can take a healing stick, tell them to sit, put the bumper down, and just lay the healing stick across their chest. Just touch them with it and tell them to fetch. They probably balk. Yeah. Right, you get an opportunity to force. Gotcha. So I'd imagine that's what he's talking about. It's essentially but but like Rex would go on all the way. They'd use a slingshot. They would take sand and shoot them in the butt 
and then they would use a marble and force to the pile. So they would force them to the pile in route with a marble, shoot them. Right. And if they stopped, you could run over there and pinch them in the ear, fetch. And we'd do all that manual and then three handed casting, then you'd call the condition. Hmm. Yeah. So we'd force them to the pile without the call. Right. You know, that's, and, but, but if you don't do the aggravated, aggravated fetch or really fool with them with, with, um, different ways, I promise you, they're going to really bought when you shoot them with a slingshot in the butt. Right. You know, so it's a way to build up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'd imagine that's what he's talking about, I guess. Right. Yeah, I think so. I th- that, makes, yeah. that makes a ton of sense. But yeah, there's me. all sorts of ways, you know. Uh, uh, one of the biggest ones I get on Force to the Pile is a, uh, probably 90% of the dogs you think you got them forced on back and then you do a confidence cast and force them on back and they spit the bumper out and come running home. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so to me, that's telling me that dog thinks that back run over there and get a bump. Not me, back way. means you get your, you get your butt to that spot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. Yeah. I get, I and I, I'll I like do it. the same thing on a poison bird. Now, like a young dog, let's say I ran a, challenging poison bird and it was too much and maybe the dog got the poison bird i still run the blind you want to blow a dog's mind next time one of your older dogs grabs the poison bird and training just pretend like oh okay well you're still going to run the blind you'll get more corrections than if the dog didn't pick up the bird right because they won't handle they think oh and i'm done no you're not done well i got a bird i don't care if you have a bird i'm telling you to go there keep rolling you know just keep running. Yeah. <laughs> They'll think about it different next time. <laughs> I like it. Discipline casting. That's exactly right. Yeah. In the real world. You know, hey, you want to get that's fine. You're going to go another 300 yards. And you know? aggravated fetch, what I've always called aggravated fetch, is where I do it like in the walking fetch line where the dog has started slowing down. Mm-hmm. If he takes a slow step, I reel him back with the rope and apply pressure. Right. Like making, like making, uh, it's, it's holding them back. Right. It's, it's, I'll, I'll that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've always called aggravated fetch is actually holding them back from the bumper and making them put, yeah. being able to apply more pressure. That's you a, know, that's a, and I'm just, and start I, think draggy. I think a better way to do it is like, instead of even dragging him, is just find ways to confuse him, like turning around. And then that way, yeah. You're not, yeah. yeah. You're not. It's not because you're still applying some pressure with the pinch collar. I and I don't like them dragging on my collars. Uh, you know, when they hit the end of my leash, they better be yielding. Yeah. Um, and essentially, so, that's teaching them to push through it. What? What you're what's saying? That? What you're saying is, when they hit the end of that yeah, leash, yeah, that's teaching them to just push through it. Yes. Right. I kind of think of a leash like a horseman. When I pick my hands up. I want them to give my give me their nose. You know, if I was on a horse, if I lifted my hands, they better collect. Well, when I pick up my leash and they feel that buckle start to come up, they better get on their toes. Well, I mean, if for some reason we was ever in a spot and I said, man, I, you know, I've, I'm down and I need you to run these dogs, uh, you're going to hate me because most of mine will choke herself out trying to get to the line on lead. Give me one uh-huh. week. Give me one week. You ain't going to choke nothing. <laughs> Hey, I told one to walk on his fl- on the flank rope. He was so bad, but he walked like a gentleman when I was done with it. <laughs> I, I, need I, 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 I need to walk. I need to. And once I take the lead off, they won't go in front of me. I mean, like, I they literally walk across in front of my leg. But I put that lead on there. They got The only time they see that lead is at a field trial or the hunt test. They <laughs> love that lead. <laughs> they know you're right. They, they know exactly what's up. The longer they're on it, the more they like it. Yeah. And I mean, so, you know, as a trainer, I'd say to you, every day of the week, put, put a little. And I, I used know. to do it. They get, they, and I understand. Look, I, everybody's done it. I, I, you get hurry and you're not doing that. And then eventually they would, they piss me off on the weekend because I couldn't catch them. And then I would get yeah. disciplined. And they get better. They will get better. Yeah. You practice it. 
I do best what I do most. I do best what I do most. Trust me, if they walk on that leash most, they will walk on that leash well. Yes, okay. uh, I, I made, I, I've told that story out here before. We were doing a trial up in Ohio for a hunt test, and my dog was killing it. I mean, that best looking crew I've made in a long time. It was hitting it hard. And when they'd release me from honor, I'd, I'd have to run mine down in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> They just run wild. I mean, yeah. that's why we trained every day. You little loose. Come on, I make mm-hmm. you the truck. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, so I started doing better. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, make them disengage from the field and walk. You know, have a routine where you always disengage from the line and you know walk ten steps at heel obediently. At least you could catch them when you leave in the trial. You know, you got ten steps because that's their habit. And then after that, they're going to see mama, or you're going to go get in a fight in the parking lot, or whatever. Yeah, Try to hump on I, a couple of them. You know, just what they crazy. I mean, look, yeah, they'll do five hundred yard water blind, and they won't come fifteen yards in the dark in the air yard until you shine a light on them. So. <laughs> you know, they, that's exactly yeah. right. So I mean, they pretty sharp. Oh yeah, no doubt. I love it. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, what else you got, bud? I'm 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 good. I'm good. Yeah, I I, I want to know more about this motivation, and it, I don't think yeah. right now. I got is a lot. T- I got. I tell you what, Adam. I have a. I, I got a bunch of notes that I've written down. I. We could do a bunch on it. I have some more thoughts on it. I just scratched the third surface. Yeah, now's not the time and yeah. place for that. Nope, nope. But it's I, not. But we could talk about it. Yeah, I want I want more of that in my head yeah. in my in, in my life. So I want to show it. Yeah, I, I, we need to get together. I, there's some things that, and once I show it to you, you're gonna see it, and you'll see it every time because right. you're around them enough. You'll see it every time. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a day you'll know, and you already know it. You just hadn't – now when you see it, you're probably going to see it and you're going to call me and say, I saw it. If you can start to spot it when a dog is going through that, it's going to make your life so much easier. Mm-hmm. And anybody that could figure that out, that there is a day. You know, you just have to understand that. So, yeah. I, I want more of that, but it's not right now. Yep, I get it. We can save that for another time. Yep. Sure. Ryan, man, we – Always appreciate it. Great information as always. We appreciate Thank what you do. I'm glad you all had me. How can, uh, how can people get a hold of you? They can uh, they can reach us on Facebook, on my Facebook page, or my cell phone, 936-444-6950. There you go, guys. Let's talk around. There he is, and he uh, the knowledge is there for dang sure. And uh, we certainly appreciate your time, man. We gonna do it again. We hate to yep, be great. You got no oh, man. We, we we got more. <laughs> There's a lot more. All you got to do is wind me up. No, I ain't that the truth. We'll talk about <laughs> duck, duck migration no, next time. I'll start. I'll start. Adam, let's get this thing shut off for good. <laughs> Ryan, thank you for joining yeah. us again, brother. Well, I can't that's so interesting, man. I've been on the edge of my seat this whole time. So Well, thanks for having me, Adam. Yeah, man, for sure. Yes. Thank you, Ryan. Pre- right, we appreciate it. See you, buddy. Jimmy, boy, I, I just love talking to that fellow. Oh man, is that not amazing? I mean, the amount of knowledge he has about these dogs and, and, and that's an hour we, you know you can do a week and still be getting information that's the thing it's not like you know we, we haven't like he said we haven't scratched the surface so we've talked about just some high points yeah. you know at this at this time yeah uh, mm. I hope everybody enjoys that everybody wants dog training stuff there's you something for the winter you're working a young dog or, or whatever you're up to that or you, or you had a had a rough go this this summer it might give you some ideas of things you need to go back over yeah, no doubt. Good stuff, man. I just Absolutely. can't thank Ryan Brasso, and that was good. That gets me fired up, Jim, when I get to talking about, you know, stuff like that that really, that really hits where I feel like I need some growth in my life. I, I it gets me fired up. Oh man, I mean, too, it makes me want to go out and train. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> I don't know, like it. 
Hold on, boys. Don't leave yet. We got stuff to do. Let me say, yeah, I got a, I got a, per, a, a public service announcement. I've been meaning to bring this up for a while. And this is the end of this one. I don't know who's going to listen to it or ain't, but if you haven't then turn this off, if you are a young dog trainer, and we are glad you have taken up the sport, and we're glad you listen to our podcast, and we hope we can help you any way we can. If you post a, a, a video on Facebook of you force-fetching a dog tied to a chain on a table, hit yourself in the head and stop doing that. <laughs> I, I mean, take off running as fast as you can and hit your head in the wall. <laughs> People don't know what we're doing. You probably, if you're posting it on Facebook, I'm 99% sure you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> no, I'm 100% sure you have no idea. Please, please stop that. Oh. The one thing that you would never, ever post on Facebook as a professional dog trainer is that. People don't understand what we're doing. It, it's not your job to explain it to them. And it's not your job to teach people how to do it. I've never posted something like that. Adam Campbell will never post nothing like that. It's just controversial, and it's it's not right. So, guys, I'm not trying to be mean, and, and I'm so glad when somebody new starts starts this sport, but I am seeing that over and over and over. And the first time a person starts training dog for money, the first thing he does is post a, pic, uh, a video of him force-fetching a dog. And it don't matter if the dog's wagging its tail and happy to do it. When that somebody that doesn't understand what we're doing sees that dog chained to a cable and you're pinching their ear, they don't know what we're doing. And it's, again, it's not your job to explain it. So please stop that. Please, as a professional, I'm asking you nicely, cut it out. It's not it's not what we do as professional trainers. Adam, what's your thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I agree, Jim. And, um. I'm not trying to be mean. I really ain't, but it's just, it's too much. That's not, you know, you don't show the gut pile where you feel drenched, you do, you know, and that's, that's the gut pile of the retriever world. We just don't need to show that part of it. It's it's, it's unpleasant if you're doing it correctly. It's not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that it's something we don't do. We've all do it. And if you're doing it right, you're not putting it on Facebook. So stop. I I agree. And, 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 you know, We've been around this game a long time. It feel, you know, I say a long time, 10, 12 years now for me and a little longer for you. And um, I guess it's I guess it's kind of our job these days to maybe stand up and say, hey, guys, let's let's try not to do that because it, it could it, it could, you know, bring some negative flack onto us. So. It does, and, 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 and <laughs> those of us who truly know what we're doing understand that we're not hurting the dog. We're not, you know, when there's no injuries involved or stuff like that. But people who don't know what we're doing sees that on your Facebook feed. They have no idea. And, again, it's not our place as a professional. This is my fault. We know what force fetch is, and I would be glad to help someone. But that's what I get paid to do. If I'm a professional, especially a young professional, trying to get dogs in, why would I teach my trade to everybody out there? Right. Does that make sense? And yeah, we, we do a podcast about retriever training. I mean, I get it. We're hopefully teaching and we want to teach, but that's the one thing that the professional really ought to do. In my opinion, most of the time there's great amateurs that do good jobs with it, but it, it's, I think that's a left alone situation that I don't understand. I mean, it's like, I see it over and over and over and over again, that these guys have taken up dog training. That's the first thing they want to post is a, is a video of them force fetching a dog and, and I guess I wouldn't do that. I'm asking you, please don't do that. Be <laughs> there, professional. There you Not go. Jim's public, public <laughs> service announcement. Public service announcement, and I've done it politely. Good, so. good, good job, Jim. You're, I'm, you're growing I'm, as a I'm human. I'm very proud. We'll have your ass on the Hallmark Channel for us over with. <laughs> I know. Well, I feel good about that. I've really done something right today. I think it's time about that Christmas deal earlier. There you go. There's my part. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Stop it. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, Jim. Great day, bud. Good day, man. Appreciate you. Thanks to everybody for uh yep. for having a uh, uh having taking the time to listen to me and Jimmy and um our fabulous guests that we have on. And we appreciate all of our guests. We appreciate all the listeners. Jim, how about a Merry Christmas to everybody? 
Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, guys. I hope y'all have a great one. We may get another one between now and then, but if we don't, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll be back on it soon. We'll see everybody on the, on the flip side. Thank you, Jimbo. All right. See you, buddy. See you, pal. And guys, don't forget, go check out our new website, thedoghousepod.com. Um, you can submit questions, see all of our guys that sponsor our show. Click, 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 boom, go buy you some stuff from those guys. And see us on we- on, on the face page over there at Facebook, The Doghouse Podcast with Adam and Jimmy. You can contact us there. We're going to try to put out some content and stuff there. Thanks for listening. Appreciate y'all.